You're listening to Influential Barbecue, the podcast where we talk to influencers in the barbecue industry to uncover how they've cultivated huge followings, unique income sources, and sponsorship possibilities from a love of cooking outdoors. If you want to turn your passion for food and fire into a world of opportunities, you're in the right place. And now your host, Jordan Moore. Hello and welcome back to Influential Barbecue. Thanks for tuning in again this week. First off, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who's been tuning into the podcast so far, sending messages and suggestions and sharing the show. It means the world and it's how this thing can grow to more than what it is right now. So please keep listening if you're enjoying it. Keep sharing it with those who may find it interesting or useful. And if you have any comments or questions or want to suggest a guest or a topic, please email me at podcast at influentialbarbecue.com. If this is your first time listening, welcome. I hope you enjoy it and be sure to check out the earlier episodes because they are full of great advice and awesome conversations. So this week I sat down and talked with Maciek from Grillin' with Dad. Uh, he's grown his following on Instagram to over 250,000, his TikTok to over 1.1 million, and he just left his job in finance in order to pursue grilling with dad as a full-time venture. So that's kind of the thing we all want to do. It's what we're striving for with this. And he has done it. So this conversation is great for anyone looking to do that. We chat in depth about what a regular day looks like for him, how he diversifies his income streams to generate income from a wide variety of sources. And he provides some tips to the pitmasters out there that are looking to start making money with their barbecue passion through this medium and how they can go about setting rates to start with sponsorships or partnerships and where to go from there and how to make sure you're not doing too much for too little. Be sure to check out Matchek on Instagram at grillin underscore with underscore dad and visit his website for everything that he's up to, grillinwithdad.com. And now on to our chat. Hello and welcome back to Influential Barbecue. Today I'm here with Maciek, the pitmaster behind Grillin' with Dad. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today, man. Yeah, thanks uh, Thanks for having me, Jordan, man. Uh, it's always always fun doing these and I appreciate you uh, having me on. Yeah, of course. Um, so just to get things rolling, why don't you just start out telling any listeners who don't know who you are a little bit about yourself and what you do? Uh, yeah, so uh, like you said, uh, my name is uh, Maciek uh, Zorowski and I run the uh, Grillin' with Dad pages on all social media platforms and then really what I do is just backyard barbecue grilling recipes videos content um you know i try to record everything and then post it across instagram facebook youtube tiktok just making easy to follow recipes content hopefully to inspire others to kind of do the same cook at home uh, fire up the grill and just you know have a good time that's awesome it seems to be a really popular thing to do these days with the combination of you know grills are so much easier to use now it's not all offsets and wood and mix that with social media you can actually find a lot of really cool recipes out there from people just creating things without a chef's background oh yeah yeah there's uh there's a ton out there now you know kind of glad that you mentioned the uh, chef background so i'm you know my background is in finance and investments so i'm not a trained chef not a you know professional pitmaster, just a backyard barbecue guy. 
cooking at home for family, for friends, and kind of sharing all that. So it's everything super approachable, very easy to make and, uh, and replicate. That's awesome. I think we need a lot more of that these days too. Um, can you take me through kind of your progression, how you went from someone who got a grill, started firing things up, and then you start an Instagram account, and then all of a sudden it takes off? How, does, how did that all come to be? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've always enjoyed grilling uh, and cooking. Uh, always had a grill at home, you know, cooking during the summer, cooking for friends. Um, and then uh, about five years ago for Father's Day, my wife got me a big green egg. I've always wanted one. You know, we always talked about it, but just never, never pulled the trigger. So she surprised me with that for Father's Day. Uh, and then when the grill got delivered, I kind of decided kind of right there and then to start an Instagram page to post kind of and track my cooks you know i think how a lot of people start these pages is to just kind of sort of like a you know cooking diary of what you make you know what worked what didn't work maybe get some new ideas from other people meet some other people uh really kind of like a personal blog almost uh, on instagram right so i just kind of came up with the name because we had two kids you know so i figured you know grilling with that and just kind of went with that didn't really put much thought into it uh and really no intention of it being anything more than just that just me tracking my cooks uh you know i used to follow some of these other guys before on instagram on my personal page i kind of saw what they did you know the stuff that they cooked so i figured hey it'll be cool a cool way to kind of meet people and get better especially using this new grill that i've never never cooked on before uh and that's really what it was for the first couple months just you know i would cook every day post a picture post a little caption whatever and you know as i kind of got a little bit better at, at using the grill at cooking then i posted a video a couple months into it and you know i had maybe a couple hundred followers at that time, which seemed awesome, you know, because I'm just, you know, <laughs> just posting food pictures on Instagram and uh, posted a video and it got like 20,000 views, which just kind of blew my mind that so many people watched this video. And it was something silly, like I was wrapping a rack of ribs or, you know, something, not, yeah. you know, nothing, nothing crazy. And then, you know, that video kind of took off and I'm like, oh, this is, this is super cool. You know, people seem to like that sort of video content. So then I started posting more videos and, and those got a lot of views and the page started to grow and I started doing more videos and then kind of progressed from doing little clips to, you know, trying to record full recipes, start to finish of whatever it is that I was making. And and a lot of times it was me making something for the first time because, again, this was a new grill to me. You know, I was a lot of this was was learning and, and kind of trial and error as I went. So I posted all of that uh, and then the page just started to grow. And then I started posting, you know, on other platforms, Facebook, sharing on YouTube as well. And it just kind of kind of took off from there. That's awesome. You mentioned at the end there, you started posting on other platforms. I went over to TikTok today and I saw you're at 1.1 million followers, yeah. which is amazing. So congrats on that. How, Thank you. How do you feel tiktok compares to all the other like reels and youtube because you you started early doing video content when instagram was predominantly a photo platform do you think that's kind of helped translate you over to tiktok and help take off or do you approach that completely differently uh yeah i mean it's so so tiktok i signed up for tiktok when it first launched i think i posted a couple short videos uh, you know didn't really think much of it then i stopped and i didn't post for like a year and then last year when kind of everything shut down is when a lot of people went to tiktok just because they were sitting at home and they mm -hmm. they were hearing about this new app and you know at first it was kids dancing or whatever it was nothing you know nothing really for 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 us to go on and you know i don't want to look at that that stuff on, on the app so yeah uh, but then as more people went on there and they started sharing other content you know a lot of cooking stuff uh 
then the app kind of gained more traction with uh, with a wider audience and other creators. So then I started, you know, thinking, well, I have all this content on Instagram, all these videos, might as well post it, you know, on TikTok as well. And it was nice because TikTok is full screen, so I can kind of show more uh, before Reels came out on Instagram. You know, it's still a minute long, or back then it was just a minute long. So the content transferred over very easily. And, you know, similar to what happened with Instagram, my page just kind of took off. So all that, you know, it, that growth was within a year, you know, when I started posting, you know, more last year consistently. Right. So just because you already had such a backlog of content that was already fit for that platform, it was easy for you to just kind of dump it onto there strategically and yeah. have people notice it and see what was working and what wasn't. Yeah, that's what I always tell people whenever, you know, I always get asked about, you know, starting starting a cooking page, how do I get started in this? What do I do? And I said, you know, the, the, you know, don't just focus on one platform. You know, I always say just you already have the content. So just post everywhere, right? Like, it's not to say that it's going to go viral everywhere, but you might as well, you know, you already put in the work filming it, editing it. So it takes all of, you know, 30 seconds to just copy your caption and post, you know, on TikTok, on Facebook, on, on YouTube, you know, you already have it so might as well just do it and helps helps your page grow helps with the exposure helps get your name out there so yeah absolutely and it helps maximize the time you've spent doing it so that you're not doing one piece of content per platform at the same time too right you got to make sure you're spending your time wisely and making sure you get the most out of everything you're doing oh yeah so at what point did you realize like you know because i know it started to take off and all that but what point did it kind of click in your brain that like hey i can take a real swing at this and maybe turn it into more than a hobby and kind of try to pursue it um so it, it did take a while so what happened at first is kind of once my instagram page kind of clicked over about ten thousand followers uh is when i started getting companies reaching out asking like hey can we send you this seasoning to try out or can we send you these barbecue tools to try out uh, money really wasn't a factor at first so it was more like hey we'll send you this stuff in exchange for a post if you try whatever the product is or, you know, some meat company or whatever, whatever the case might be. Right. Uh, and at first you can get all excited, right? Because it's all new. I'm like, Oh man, look at this. This place wants to send me a box of steaks just to make a video, right? Like I'm already <laughs> going to make a video anyway. So might as well, why wouldn't I take the steaks or the seasonings or whatever those products might be. Right. So you kind of say yes at first, you try all this stuff out and then, you know, and then you start realizing that, hey, like, you know, it's cool that you're gifting me this stuff. I'm kind of making this content for you. I realize maybe my page isn't the biggest at the time, but at the same time, it's me creating kind of marketing videos for you for essentially free because, you know, it doesn't cost you much of anything to send me whatever the products it is that you're making. Mm -hmm. And here I am trying to promote your business, you know, so then you start thinking to yourself, well, hey, maybe I should start charging for this because even if it gets a couple sales from you making this video, it's still something for that business. So, so at that point you start thinking that, you know, maybe I should kind of change with how I approach this and then see it as a business because that's essentially what it is. You know, companies see the benefit, the advantage of sending out these products to these, you know, influencers or content creators, because it's a very specific, you know, form of advertising for the people that follow me, right? They like to cook, they grill, they do stuff outside. So they know that the people who are going to see it are more likely to purchase those grill tools or steaks or whatever, right. you know, products might be. 
I think the hardest slog for most people is getting from zero to 10,000 followers. That just seems to take forever. And just with you mentioning that once you hit 10K, things started to change, it's just kind of really cool because that's when all the options for your account open up. You got all these new features and people start reaching out to you. So I like that you you had the change of focus from free things to, you know, hey, this is taking up a lot of my time and it, right. it's worth more to me than it is two stakes. Right. Well, that's the, you know, that's the thing is people don't don't realize how much effort and time goes into it. Like it's easy to watch a, you know, a 45 second video on Instagram of me putting something together and you're like, oh, that's cool. You know, there's some music playing. Maybe I have a voiceover and, you know, you watch the video, you swipe up you know, on the page or on the, on the app and you kind of go on and it kind of leaves your mind. But, you know, th- there's a lot of effort and work that goes into it from planning it, from recording, mm-hmm. from editing. So uh, that's the stuff that people don't really see and they, they don't realize that I do this every day, right? Like the, the, the way for your page to grow organically and to get good followers is to be consistent with your posts, with your content. So it's something new every day, something engaging, something to kind of keep that momentum going. And, uh, and it's a lot of work, you know, it's, it's not just 45 seconds, you know, that's what you see, that's the final product, but that's, you know, hours of work put into it, you know, to make it that and make it that enjoyable and kind of, kind of engaging for everybody. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like you watch a one minute video on an 18 hour brisket and you don't even think about how long that would have take. Oh, right. So when you went from free product to deciding to charge from it how did you you don't need to get into any of your rates or anything like that because that's all personal but how did you kind of gauge and decide what the rates were going to be did you have anyone to talk to to pull information from or did you just kind of throw it at the wall and see what they said yes to yeah that's 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 a really good question probably one of the hardest things to kind of kind of answer and 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 talk about because there really isn't a clear guide guideline for you know like hey what should i be charging for this stuff you know like at first a company maybe one of the first places that reached out said hey you know we'll give you a 100 bucks to make a video and use our products i'm like oh sweet you know 100 bucks that's awesome i'll take that <laughs> you know like it's it's a hundred dollars you know that's it's a lot of money mm-hmm. right 100 bucks to do what i'm doing anyway yeah right and then uh as i make my my content then i realize like hey wait a second like this is a couple hours of work and this is you know like then i gotta pay taxes on this you know so like it's not that hundred dollars mm-hmm. ends up being like maybe, you know, $4 an hour when you kind of break it all out. Right. I'm like, well, that's maybe not. Um, so, so it's, you try to kind of, though you base the rates right on the kind of what you think you're worth, right? How much effort you're putting into your content, your videos, but then you also have to look at what you're providing to the customer, right? Like a person who has a million followers on Instagram can charge a different rate from someone who has a half a million followers or 20 million followers, right? Because it's all about, getting that video, that content in front of as many people as you can. So then there's different formulas you can use to kind of backtrack into your rate based on how many followers you have, right? But but at the end of the day, it's still just kind of a, a crapshoot with, you know, like my rates are, I think, what what I'm worth, right? Like how much effort and time I put into my content. So when people reach out and ask, hey, how much for, for this, you know, I quote and it's more than others charge. It's less than some other people, but it's, you know, what's it worth for me to, to make, make a living doing this stuff now. So, right. But you have to try, you know, you have to try and kind of, kind of see what you're comfortable with. And as your page grows, then you can, of course, kind of step, you know, increase those rates as you see growth and, and posting to other platforms and things like that. 
Absolutely. So, I, yeah, the hardest thing would probably be finding the first base rate that you would then increase from because, you know, people coming from a background where they're working for a company, they're just like, hey, it's $22 an hour is what you're worth. It's really hard to jump out and start cooking right. on Instagram and being like, no, I'm 35 an hour at least to start. And just right. it's a really strange jump to go up, right? Yeah. How often do you find... Like, what's the ratio of your rate being accepted versus rejected, do you find? It's, uh, I mean, it's, I would say maybe half the time, you know, like, but, but, it'll, you know, like I, I try to, so at first, right, like when I first started, got into like the, the money side of this, of, uh, you know, of, of Instagram charging for content, you get excited for a lot of opportunities that show up, right? Any place that emails mm -hmm. you say, hey, we got this product. What are your rates? You're like, oh, sweet. I'm going to make some money. Here's my rate let's do it right but then you start realizing that if you say yes to all of these and even if the people agree to your rate then you know you're just kind of selling out because your page is just all ads right like you're yeah you're still right, a cooking yeah. video but but it's an ad for whatever the company might be right so then you have to be more selective with who you work with you know like i try to do stuff with brands and and people or companies that i would normally use myself you know i try not to do stuff mm -hmm. Like these one-off, you know, like I get so many emails from people that make, you know, grilling tools or grilling mats or tongs or whatever. And I'm like, I would never use this stuff. Right. So even if you, even if you agree to my rate or whatever I want to charge, like I'm still not going to do it because it's, it's just kind of selling out to promote, you know, a silly product. So it kind of gets, gets to the point where I try to focus on more longer term partnerships where it's not just, okay, do a video for us and we're done. It's more like, okay, let's maybe go into a six month or 12 month partnership where I make content for you every month. I use the products all the time. It's a better fit for my page. People see it all the time and they're more likely, you know, to, to purchase it or use it because they see me using it. And it's something that I, I'm naturally using at home anyways. That also aids in, you know, natural growth, which is just a page and posting that is consistent and not like it's blatant marketing, right? Right. Because you're going to use something all the time, they see it all the time, then you're consistently posting with that thing. So it's not jarring to go from, oh, hey, here's me with a Yeti. Oh, I have a Traeger. Oh, here's a steak. Oh, here's this. Right. All of a sudden, it's like, I'm using all of these tools I always use to make a new recipe for you, which is the goal of what right. I'm trying to do. Right, yeah. And then, you know, the other part of it too is it's not always about money or working or, you know, or charging a business. Like, I'm, you know, like I'm not, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, I'm not going to use a product if somebody doesn't pay me because that's far, far from, from the case. You know, like, mm -hmm. like you mentioned Yeti, you know, like I like Yeti products, you know, they're expensive, but it's a quality product. Like a lot of stuff that I have from Yeti, I, I purchased, you know, I go on the website, I buy it, I order it and, and I have it. And, and, and then what starts happening is after you start using it in your videos, then the company might see it and then they might reach out and say, oh, hey, we saw your content. We see that you like using our products. Can we maybe send you some stuff for, you know, for your next videos if you like it so much? And, you know, so then you kind of get into that, that it's, okay, it's not maybe a paid partnership, but I'm using it anyways, you know, and then it's a good, it's a good brand, something that I like. So I might as well take advantage of that as well. Yeah, that goes back to a conversation I briefly had with uh, Noah Cheek on this podcast a couple episodes ago where... He's like, don't go just shooting messages to companies saying, hey, let's partner. Like, if you like them, buy a few products, use them in your content, and then tag them in that so they kind of see you're naturally using it. And that starts more of a natural dialogue than kind of cold emailing them, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, it's it's good that you mentioned that too. Like, when I first started, you know, some of the advice that I got from other people back then was 
oh, here's like a uh, email template or a DM template you can send out to companies where you just kind of put the company name, put your name, your stats, and like, hey, let's collaborate. And they say, you know, just shoot all these out every day to get stuff or try to get business that way. But then, you know, you realize like, well, but, but what, you know, like, how can I legitimately promote something or, or mention it on my page when I haven't used it in the past? And it's just me kind of doing it simply for the money and nothing else. So, so that's a good point. You know, that's what I do as well. Try to, if I want to do something or I want to use a product, I'll just go out, buy it, use it, tag the company. And if, if they want it or if they like it, they like it. But if not, and I like the product, I'm still going to continue using it and, mm-hmm. and tagging them if I want. And because if it's something that I, that I like. Yeah. It's just something to keep in mind when you get into it. Like you can still purchase things that you want. It doesn't all have to be, right. you know, a business slog to get free yeah. stuff. Right? Oh, exactly. Exactly. So I'm going to shift gears a little bit here. And rumor has it, you recently left your finance job and you're now doing grilling with dad full-time. Is that right? Am I, yeah. Do I have that correct? Yeah. So I went, yep. I went full-time with this, uh, back in June. So it's been four or five months now that I'm doing this full-time. Well, congratulations on that. That's kind of what everyone dreams of when they start one of these things is I'm just going to start cooking full time. So with the the premise of this podcast being to give people more of an insight to the back end of the barbecue influencer world, I was wondering if you might be able to give us some insight onto what full time really looks like. Like, are you just cooking all day? Are you spending most of the time in emails, editing videos or like what, what does a typical day or week kind of look like for you? Yeah. Well, so, so I'm happy to get into that and really kind of to start that what drove the decision to go full time is it got to the point where I just, I didn't have enough time in a day to do all of it, right? So I had a full-time job, uh, you know, I'm married, I have two kids, young kids, a five-year-old and a seven-year-old, uh, and then running this, you know, all, you know, the grilling with ad pages, like it was it was too much, you know, because I would get home from work, mm-hmm. try to cook something, make the video, play with the kids, put the kids to bed, then edit my content, post, respond to messages, respond to emails, you know, like I was staying up, have the night just kind of doing all that. And then right. I didn't have enough time or more time to do more things with the grill and with that page to do events or, you know, have more time to shoot content. You know, my weekends were pretty much booked cooking because that's when I had the most time. But then, you know, mm-hmm. the family wants to do stuff. We want to, you know, do, do family things and, you know, dad's grilling, doing his videos. So, so it kind of got to the point where like, well, the the social media part of this is growing there's more opportunities there so maybe let's commit full time and see how it goes where i can dedicate the full day to doing this and that weekends and nights and just you know kind of grinding you know and taking away from the family time so yeah. so this you know we my wife and i decided to kind of kind of try it full time and uh, and it's really been great because it's not just me cooking you know i still don't cook every single day i mean it's almost every day but there's just so much more time to even do a podcast like this, you know, kind of talk to you. Right. It's nine o'clock in the morning. I'm not at work. We can do this. Um, I have time to edit my videos, you know, do the administrative stuff, emails, messages, things like that. And it doesn't, doesn't take away from my regular family life now. That's awesome. That's, that's so great. Cause I, even me, I, you know, between jobs and stuff, if I have to decide if I either want to cook something on the weekend or go out and visit family or go to dinner with the girlfriend or do any of that stuff, it's kind of a choice because I have so many things going on. So it's nice that you're able to tear it down and just be able to focus on the one thing. 
So from like a Monday to Sunday kind of thing, what are you working on? Is it, do you have a plan for what meals you're going to cook out and you do like a grocery day and then content days, or is it just what you're feeling at the time? And like, can you walk us kind of through what, what you do on the daily? Yeah. So normally, so I try to plan out as much as I can plan ahead, what I'm going to make, um, and what I'm going to post it. Uh, this is really, really true, especially for like the, the sponsored stuff, right? So like I work with Swift mm-hmm. Meats, uh, where I've been with them for the past two years now, almost. And like Mariano's Market, which is a local grocery store chain uh, in the Chicagoland mm-hmm. area. And so like those recipes or, you know, like those partnered posts, I kind of plan out ahead. So I have those written out in my calendar and I know, okay, this week I'm doing this for Mariano's next week. I'm doing this for Swift or big green egg or whatever the case might be. So I try to plan that out as mm-hmm. much as I can shoot that content, you know, a couple of days ahead, uh, get that created. Um, uh, but like the regular daily cooking, daily recipes, you know, not, not paid, uh, stuff, you know, I'm usually maybe a day or two in advance of when I make it to when I post it. So right. then if something comes up or, you know, I can't cook or there's something else going on or some family event, you know, I always have content ready to post daily, right? For a couple of days. Uh, as far as groceries, I'm at the store every day. So I go, I go daily because I try to buy, you know, the store super close by me and I try to buy smaller quantities. So I just kind of buy what I need for that recipe instead of buying too much. Cause then I found that a lot of it goes to waste or I don't end up using it all. And it's easier for me to just run to the store, get the couple things that I need, cook that same day. And then I usually, so usually I'll go to the store in the morning. So there's no people. I can kind of be in and out super quick. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll do my videos around noon, you know, for whatever it is that I'm making. Uh, I'll edit the content either that afternoon or the next day in the morning. And then it's ready to post and go live. Uh, and then the time in between is spent either responding to messages, right? I get, and it, a lot of it kind of depends on what I cook and what I post on my Instagram, or I'll get either a ton of messages asking about a specific recipe or a method or something, you know, that people just have an interest in. So I try to respond to as many of those as I can. Um, and then emails, always get some business related emails, people asking for, for different things. Um, and then I also sell merch and some seasonings. So I also pack orders every day, uh, that come in. So I ship out of my house, the kind of room that I'm in. So just kind of run through the Shopify store, pack orders, take those to the post office, drop that off. And that's, that's pretty much it. So it sounds like it truly is a full-time thing. You've got it kind of planned out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you kind of have to, because otherwise, you know, the first thing that I realized, and I realized this really quickly when I, when I kind of went full-time with this thing is if you don't have a plan of what you got to do or how you're going to do it, you're just going to like waste a day away, right? Like it's easy for me to just sit on my phone and scroll Instagram for three or four hours or TikTok or whatever. And you're like, Oh crap. I, like I didn't, you know, I didn't cook anything. I didn't go to the store. I fell behind on messages because I just got sucked into that void of, you know, scrolling social media for half a day. Right. So you always have to kind of be very self-disciplined with kind of focusing on the work because now it's not my boss at my job telling me what to do and providing the paycheck. It's it's me and the effort that I put in directly reflects with what I make and, and how that pans out, you know, financially for us. So Yeah, and we've we've all caught ourselves, especially in the last two years, just like, oh shit, it's two PM and I've done nothing right. but scroll TikToks. Right. Oh, yeah. And no. that's not to say that it doesn't happen, right? Like I still that still happens to me too sometimes, mm-hmm. but you kinda 
try to try you know try to keep that in, in your mind to not to not to do it too often and just really focus on the work and then do what what I got to do. Yeah. So do you? I assume you do, but do you have a way of like tracking like all the grocery expenses and like fuel expenses per recipe so that you can kind of do your costs and profits and see how you're doing? Or do you have like a weekly way to do it? How do you kind of manage the expenses of cooking? Yeah, that was, that was kind of hard at first too, because again, it's, you know, this whole world of like social media and like content creation, there's not a lot of guides, not a lot of guidelines with how to do stuff. So Mm -hmm. um, this was about two years ago where I open up an LLC for grilling with that just to kind of keep the expenses and the business side of it separate from my personal side. So that was, I don't know, like 200 or 300 bucks, whatever. Um, and then I open up a business checking account in my name or in the grilling with that name and try to, again, to try to separate the expenses that I had for like sponsored content for the post that I was making money on for my personal expenses so then when it came to tax time, which again, nobody tells you about, right? Like you can write all this stuff off because it's a business expense because now it's a mm-hmm. business because nothing hurts more than, you know, you make all this money throughout the year and then you come to your taxes and then you get a huge tax bill because there is no tax deductions, you know, when you, when you, when you're basically 1099, you know, for, for all these, all mm-hmm. this work. So, so that's something, again, you got to keep in mind or keep the money separate so it's not a surprise. You're like, oh, crap, I got to write out this huge check, right? So uh, so right now I try to keep, you know, I when I go to the store, I buy whatever I'm buying. I take a picture of the receipt right away at the register uh, that gets uploaded into my accounting software. So it's all stored. And then at the end of the year, I have a nice, it's a, still a time-consuming process, but it's all at least in one place and I can separate, okay, these are the expenses for groceries, this, these are my travel expenses, these are, you know, uh, tickets that are like, you know, travel tickets, rental cars for events, things like that, and I can kind of put it all together and try to write off as much as I can so that tax bill, you know, doesn't hurt as much. Yeah, that's a really good way to do it. So for anyone out there thinking about full-timing it or taking a big shot at doing this, open up a separate account and a little bit of a business so that you can properly track it, keep it completely separate and store some money away from each paycheck you get so that when the tax man comes, you have something to give them that's not out of your pocket. Right. So we all, we've talked about it and we know you've got, you know, income sources from sponsorships and partnerships. Um, Again, no need for details, but what other streams of income have you been able to kind of create since going full time? Yes, that's a very good question. And uh, at first, and I realized this really quickly when I first started making money on, on the sponsored content is you realize, okay, so this company's paying me to make a post on Instagram what if Instagram goes away next month, right? And like, I lose all my money. So you try to think of ways to, you know, kind of monetize in other ways than just sponsored content, right? So sponsored content, I would say accounts for maybe half of my revenue of of my income. So that's the sponsored posts, the partnerships um, that I have in place. Uh, Another big one that's still fairly new to me, uh, or just kind of kind of started happening recently the past maybe year or so is ad revenue from Facebook and YouTube. Uh, That's a really, really great source because it's not brand specific. It's not a post. It's all my posts make money when I run ads on YouTube and on Facebook. Right. And then I don't have to rely on, on a brand or on a company to pay me because this comes straight from, from YouTube or Facebook. 
uh, now on Instagram, you know, Reels and IGTV are monetized as well. So I can run ads on those as well. So that all adds up, you know, and that's a little less than half at this point of, of my monthly income. Okay, awesome. And then another another one that I mentioned before is selling merch and, and spices. Yes. So I started selling t- like t-shirts and like the GWD hat uh, about two two and a half years ago. And, you know, it was kind of like consistent, you know, people would buy some t-shirts or a hat, some stickers, things like that. And then I figured, you know, well, I don't have my own rubs, but what if I sold the rubs that I used on my, on my videos, you know, just directly. So stuff from Hardcore Carnivore, stuff from Meat Church, you know, so I sell those and I fulfill those orders myself. I order them wholesale from those guys. Uh, sell them on my Shopify site. And it's a cool way, I think, because one of the only places, there's a couple other ones, but not too many where you can buy both brands at the same time, you know, so you save on shipping. If you want to try Hardcore Carnivore and Meat Church, you don't have to go to them separately. You can just come to me. The prices are the same as what they charge. uh, And I get a couple dollars from each sale uh, that way. So so that kind of adds up as well, especially now over the holidays. Uh, So merch sales will pick up again with like the t-shirts and hats as gifts and things like Mm -hmm. that. So, so I do that. Uh, And then another one, which is kind of more during the summer months is like different events and demos. All right. So I try to do those as well, which is kind of cool to kind of get out there, be at Eggfests, doing demos or like private lessons, things like that. You know, that's another way to kind of monetize in person rather than just, you know, on, on the internet. That's awesome. I'm I'm glad to hear that you're very diversified in your income streams because like you said, if if anything any one of those channels goes down and that's the only place your income is from, then you're done. You're boned. Yeah. I never even thought, but it's such a good idea to sell the spices you use instead of trying to sell a spice blend you haven't created yet. How did you kind of get into that and talk to the companies being like, Hey, ship me cases of your stuff and I'll sell it on my store for you? Like how did that kind of come about like yeah i just you know so i thought about a lot of places do affiliate marketing where you know they'll give you a link Mm -hmm. or a code and you make you know 10 percent or whatever on a sale and i tried that in the past too and i just i never had much luck with that it just seems like i don't know i just i never like you know you can make some money doing the affiliate stuff uh, and i do have a couple of those still in place but uh but it's never never been anything substantial for me so then i figured well like they like hardcore carnivore for example you know they sell in different stores nationwide uh, different websites sell them so i figured well why can't i sell it and what if i sell them with meat church together right so it's two big brands mm-hmm. two of the brands that i use all the time pretty much uh, so people can come to me directly if they want it so i you know them ask and they're like yeah for sure like we do wholesale here's our wholesale list and it's you know order as much as you want we'll ship them to you put them on your website and and sell it for whatever you want to sell it for and it's more than like the affiliate sales that you get. So it's, it actually works out, you know, pretty well. Plus it helps drive traffic to my website where I'm trying to put more of my recipes on, uh, where again, there's Google ads on the website. So I make some money off of that as well. So it all kind of, you know, they're trying to keep basically all of it within that grill and with that space. So if you want recipes, you go on my website. If you want rubs, you go to grill and with that on the website, videos you go to my youtube channel or instagram right it's all anywhere you go there's ways for me to kind of try to monetize on all this traffic you know one way or another that's such a good way to do it because you have to drive because i notice a lot of people will end up they have the link tree and then each link goes to a different website and you never end up back at that person's main hub again right you're just you're gone into the internet to 
just find other things to distract you where if you build your own website up you're going to get like domain authority first of all so you'll search you'll appear faster with google if you have more things pointing back to you and it's just such a good way to monetize every little bit of the links that they can go to in different ways. So, yeah. you know, you go to the store, you get Google ads, or you buy something, you go to Instagram, there's monetization there. You go to YouTube, there's monetization there. And it's just, it's a good way to really spread it out. And just, it's a true multiple streams of income ecosystem. So yeah. that everything's bringing you a little bit instead of one thing bringing you a lot. Yeah. And then same thing, like you mentioned, the link tree, even that is like, it's my own link tree on my site that I have, you know, the landing page. I did notice that. With that, you know, link in bio, and then I can just list whatever I want. But again, it shows people the website and they're already on there. So it's easier to click, oh, what's the recipes here? Oh, what's the shop? What, you know, like it's all, it's all right there rather than some third party app with the links. Yeah. And that's one of the first things I noticed. I went to your Instagram link on your page and it took me to a link tree and I was like, another link tree. I won't be able to find the website, but I was like, oh, I just take link tree out and it's his website. Perfect. There I go. Yeah. And I got right to the home instead of having to go and then Google you and find the website through that way. So it's just really smart how you're keeping everyone on your page in order to, to really give them everything that you can offer. Yeah. Are there any types of initiatives you're thinking of in the future to help generate more streams do you have any big ideas in your head that you're working through or or do you have any ideas that you tried that did not work and you just stopped them because they were not working at all um so i don't so the one thing that like i said i was just sort of or didn't really work out as well for me was like the affiliate stuff the affiliate marketing where you you know have like your own specific link and you make a couple dollars of the sale uh, I mean, it, it works, but it seems like for those, you got to like consistently or constantly push those links and say, go here to buy, go here to buy, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. and I get it, right? That's how you make the money when the sales happen. Uh, so that's, like I said, I still have a couple of those in place, but it's not, it's not a, not a big source uh, for me. Right. Uh, I am working on something for next spring for doing more events or demos. You know, I always get a lot of questions for that, especially even from like local followers. So I live outside Chicago. Mm-hmm. People always ask like, hey, can you come up to our business or like do a grilling event or show us how to grill steaks or do something in person? And uh, and as much as I would love to do that, the problem is that, the you know, I cook primarily on a big green egg. It's not very easy to transport. You know, like they're just big, heavy, bulky. So it's not, you know, I can't just put those in my car and roll out to someone's place and and, and do do stuff. So I've got something in the works to kind of help with that. So hopefully that all pans out uh, because, you know, like it's, it's fun doing social media at home. You know, you do the videos, I do the recipes, whatever, interact with people. But it's super cool when I have it, you know, actually can be out somewhere in person. That's why I like doing these events so much. Like the Eggfest where you can actually go out, people come up to you. You know, you can kind of cook together, explain what I'm doing, maybe learn something from some other people. Um, It's just more fun interacting in person. So I'm trying to do more of that, or we'll try to do more of that next spring and summer, you know, when, when that time rolls around. That's awesome. And now that it's getting more and more safe to do things like that, I think that's going to be a really popular thing if you can just do a little Grilling with Dad road show and yep. show people how to cook things on whatever cooker they have. And yeah, I think that'll be awesome. That'll be a really good source as well. Just a couple more questions here and then I'll let you get back to your day. Um, yeah. 
now that you're full time, what would you say takes up a lot more time than you had really thought it would when you went to do this? Is there something that's just you're doing way more of than you ever thought you would that you didn't think of? Um, so, uh, I mean, I guess I would say a couple things. So one, and this is probably the hardest thing it, with doing all this, uh, is just coming up with things to cook to make all the time with like recipes, you know, like, like I said before, you know, I'm not a professional chef. So a lot of the stuff that I make is, is easy because it's easy for me to make and then easy to show, easy to make a video with. And, you know, like you want to keep things kind of different, but at the same time, similar and simple. And like, I don't want to cook steaks every day, just to season a steak, grill it, slice it, and then do the same thing the next day. So Mm -hmm. coming up with content ideas of what to make and make it interesting is the absolute hardest part of of this whole business side of it, you know, and really an editing videos, like those two things, this, and then like, once I have the content made, it's then just sit down and edit, stitch the clip. So it'll be cool to have, maybe that's something for down the road, have someone else assist or help out some editor or somebody to take away, you know, because it's just, it's such a grind sometimes. just setting the time aside and and doing all that yeah for sure and hey that's another write-off to go against your taxes so yeah so we'll see (laughs) for anyone looking to bring their page kind of to where you are now anyone starting out that wants to get big enough to kind of go full-time or at least give full-time a shot what kind of tips or advice or anything do you have for anyone like that that's looking to get into it yeah Uh, so again that's another thing that i get asked or message about all the time on my page the, the really the main thing is to just start posting your page will grow if you're just posting consistently you're making content and you're posting be it pictures or videos whatever you're comfortable with is to just try and post every day you know find a schedule that works for you or however many times you want to post in a day but just gonna stick with it you know it's easy there's been a bunch of times where i wanted to just like say this is this is stupid. You know, why am I, I'm 40 years old now. I'm posting videos on Instagram. This is dumb, you know? And it especially happens if like you spend a lot of time on the video, like editing, thinking of an idea, you post it and the video just like flops or, you know, you lose followers, whatever you look at that. And you're just like, well, this is, it's a waste of time. So just, you got to kind of get past that and just be consistent, you know, try to improve, look at what, you know, how your content does and then just, learn from from what happened and then just post again the next day and really not focus like i said when i started my page it was never about trying to do it full-time or trying to make even money on it it was just to keep track of my recipes learn some new recipes meet some people really the social side of it right that's that's what you got to focus on if you come into this thinking oh man i'm gonna make millions of dollars i'm gonna be so rich doing cooking videos you're probably gonna fail guaranteed you know you gotta the mindset has to be set on, Hey, how can I get better at cooking? How can I get better at, you know, motivating other people at sharing what I like to do with the world? And then just the money and the business of it will, will eventually come, you know, you gotta remember, it's not, you know, it's not a race. It's, it's a marathon. Like this stuff, just some people takes quicker than than others. Some people takes longer, you know, you can't really compare yourself too much to what other people are doing. You can definitely use that as motivation or as inspiration, but you just got to, find what works for you and really just be consistent. That's the main thing is just keep at it. Can't give up, just keep going and it will happen. 
That's great advice. Like, yeah, stay true to yourself. Do what you need to do and just be you. Good things will happen. Yeah. Well, man, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been such an insightful and enjoyable conversation. I'm really looking forward to learning more and more about the ins and outs of this side of the Instagram business because, it's like I said, it's not shown anywhere. It's all just steaks and briskets. And I wanted to do a show that wasn't another episode on how to cut brisket across the grain, you know, I just wanted to learn more of this backend stuff. So thanks so much for joining me and sharing all the information you did about how you've gone full time now, where can people find you if they want to find anything that you're doing? Yeah. uh, So the easiest way to get in touch with me is definitely through my Instagram page. Uh, That's grilling underscore with underscore dad. Uh, It's also available or linked through my website, grillingwithdad.com. But if people have questions or want to ask a little more details, be it recipes or the business side of it, just shoot me a message on Instagram. Like I said, I try to respond uh, to everybody. Sometimes it might take a day or so, but I usually try to catch up uh, and get back to all those messages. So that's, that's the absolute best way to do that. Awesome, man. Thanks again so much. And if you're ever up in the Hamilton area in Ontario doing a demo, let me know and I'll definitely come out and have a beer with you. For sure, we'll do. Awesome. Thanks so much, man. Have a great day. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. That's it for my chat with Matchek. It was so fun to chat with him, and I'm really happy that he was willing to share so much with us from behind the curtain of Grilling with Dad. Something to consider if you're wanting to go full-time one day is to get in the habit now of doing simple things like tracking your expenses and planning out your weeks ahead of time. It may seem silly if you're just getting started or you're not quite there yet, but you'll thank yourself down the road for sure when it's a habit that saves you an immense amount of frustration and time. Lastly, always be on the lookout for new ways to generate income. Let's face it, myself included, if Instagram went down overnight, a whole lot of us would be screwed. So having smaller amounts of money come in from more places is always better than putting all of your eggs in one basket. Please go give Matchek a follow at grillin underscore with underscore dad and check out his website for a bunch of super easy, delicious recipes, www.grillinwithdad.com. That will do it for this episode of Influential Barbecue. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. We'll be back next week in 2022 for episode six with Matt Rose of Matt Outback. You can find links to everything we talked about today in the show notes page at InfluentialBarbecue.com. I'm always looking for feedback on this show from you. I'm just sitting in my studio recording in front of a black hole, talking to myself, talking to my guests. So any feedback you give me is going to help me improve this show and bring you better topics and better episodes. Please shoot me an email with any of your thoughts, uh, podcast at InfluentialBarbecue.com or send a DM to InfluentialBarbecue on Instagram. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it up with those that you think would enjoy it and benefit from it as well. I'm Jordan Moore. You can follow my barbecue adventures on Instagram at The Backyard Brisket. Thank you so much for listening. Have a happy new year this weekend. Don't drink and drive. Arrive alive. Be safe. Be smart. Have fun. We'll see you next week and next year. Keep on grilling. Take care.